Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving your kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. This was really a fun conversation with one of my greatest friends, Jose Carrasco. He is one of my most favorite humans. He's my surf buddy, snowboard buddy, and the guy who keeps me humble when I call him and he talks trash to me. I love this guy and this conversation around fatherhood is really, really good. A couple things that you're going to hear us talk about are stability and how important stability is for your home and how you as the father of the household are really the one who sets the tone for stability. We talked about what are you willing to let go of to keep relationship with your kids. Jose kind of talks about his own relationship with his dad. And as a teenager, his dad not letting go of certain things that really put separation uh, between them. So as you and I think about that, as you know, we might have teenagers or adult children, uh, what are the things that we're willing to let go of to maintain relationship? Something to consider. And then really good is talking about arguing with your wife and just some things around that. So I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. He is a great dude. And if you like the episode, please share it, write a review, like it. Uh, It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. And that is what we're here to talk about. Fatherhood matters. Enjoy the conversation. So I'm sitting in the living room of the amazing, wonderful, great Jose Carrasco. Hey, Ned, what's up? What's up, man? How excited are you to be on the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast? Super excited. <laughs> it's the highlight of my month. I hope so. It's Friday. We're sitting down here in SoCal. We went surfing this morning, which is like my greatest love. And Jose coached me while we're out there, yeah? Yeah. You're kind of like my sponsor and coach? More like coach, because I'm not going to spend any money on you. So. <laughs> okay, so we're sitting here. Your two little ones are in the next room. So hopefully we'll pick up a little bit of them yelling and being being little ones. And we're going to talk about fatherhood for the next few minutes. So a little bit about Jose. Jose and I have known each other for, I don't know, 15 years probably now at this point. We met in early 20s going to church together and then got into surf, skate, probably snowboarded more than anything together. Yeah, we uh, used to uh, do our day day snowboarding trips. Ditch, well, not ditch work, but go take a half day and then uh, snowboard. Not report not report it to work not report back to work yeah brad if you're listening we're sorry we lied to you he knew he probably knew i think we got in trouble one time for it so they all knew yeah but it was worth it and we we made the sale so it didn't matter all right <clears throat> so to give people understanding of jose i'm gonna ask you a few questions how okay. old are you 35 you are not 35 yeah really yeah what year were you born? 1983. <laughs> you're like, I guess you could be 35. <laughs> Why can't I be I don't 35? know. You just seem older. Oh. The night, maybe it's all the gray it, in your beard. Is it because of my wisdom that I, that I have? <laughs> we'll find out in 45 minutes. <laughs> okay. How long have you been married? 11 years. And how old are your two children? Four and six months. So you're 31 when you had your first kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was it like having a kid after living on your own however you wanted for 10 years, 11 years? Um, I think it was a big change, uh, obviously. What was a big change? Um, well, I mean, my wife and I, Teresa, we, uh, we have videos from when we were single and we would just like make videos of like what we were doing that day and just to like a time capsule type thing. Yeah. And we were watching one of the videos after my son was born. And, uh, I think the video was like middle of the day and we were like, should we go to the movies today? What should we do today? And (laughs) meanwhile, we're sitting there and the, you know, we're just having to watch our son just crawl around on the ground, not, not do anything real fun at that point, you know? Yeah. 
Did you enjoy that that transition? I did. Um, it was it was you know it had it had its ups and downs obviously, uh, as with anything. Um, but uh, I I, re- I really did enjoy it. It's uh, but it's a hard transition, right? Yeah, I mean you go from just like thinking about what you want to do for lunch and what you're going to do after that and all your fun stuff. And now it's, you know, we got to go to lunch, come home really quickly, put the kid down for his nap, you know, then we got to do a wake, a proper awake. You know, there's just all these rules and things that you didn't have to do before. Yeah. I wonder, you know, because people are having kids older now, if that transition is harder when you're used to kind of doing things your way, eating what you want, eating when you want, going to the movies when you want, whatever. And then, you know, like I had my first kid at 23. I'm barely even. Yeah. You didn't even know who you were. I didn't even know anything yet. Yeah. So you just kind of grow up with these things with you. Right. You don't, yeah. You don't have these habits yet. Yeah. That you've had for years and years and years. Yeah. So we were married a while before we had our first and we, you know, we have our things that we were normally doing every day, every weekend. And you guys are really intentional too, before you had your kids, which is cool to plan, plan it out. But you guys did a lot of traveling before. Right. And kind of, I mean, did you guys had a list, right? I mean, you got married and you're like, these are the things we want to do before we have kids. Right. And are you glad you did it that way? Yes. Or do you wish you started having kids earlier? Um, that was the mailman dropping mail off. Um, probably like a year earlier, just because I feel old. A year earlier, you would have liked to have kids? Yeah. Huh. But I, I do like the way we did everything. We got everything out of the way. We got all our to-do items checked off on our list, and then we moved on to the You've next. You've always been really smart about your money and your time. I mean, I, you know, even when you were young, just like buying stocks or, I mean, now you have a couple houses and you're diligent with all that stuff. What made you that way in preparation? Um, not having that when I was growing up, not having that like type of stability and having friends that had that type of stability. And I wanted to make sure that I had that when I was a husband or a father, uh, make sure that, you know, we, uh, were, would always be okay. So you didn't have state stability as a kid. Did you intentionally say, I'm going to go after figuring out how to have time and financial stability because of fatherhood and marriage? Or would it have been regardless, even if you didn't get married and you just did your own thing forever? No, when I say stability, I, I do mean like financial stability. My mom was like there. I just want to clarify that. Um, but uh, it was, it, had I not been a father or a husband, I probably wouldn't, it'd be a lot less like this than I am right now. Less intentional about it. Right. My uh, Teresa, she's super good with money as well. So she probably keeps me um, more on the straight and narrow than I would be, uh, without her. I'd probably spend a little bit more money on frivolous things. Uh, but being married, um, and a father, I think I definitely am more intentional with how I use my money and what we're doing with our time and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I even, cause I think I met you when you were around, I don't know, I guess probably 18, 19, but, um, it seemed as though even from a young age, like when did you get your first job? 15, 15 and, a and half. doing what? Uh, working at Dairy Queen. And you hustled, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, what made would, you, what I'd, made you want to get a job and just start cranking it out? I wanted money to spend for myself. And you know, my mom, she was a, um, my dad kind of pieced out was he was in and out of my life, you know, growing up and he kind of pieced out when I was 16. So it was always a, uh, single income family for the most part. And, uh, my mom didn't have too much extra money to be, you know, giving me to, for a car or things like that. So she did buy me my first car, but it was a pretty, uh, beat, <laughs> beat up 1983 Chevy S10 that I blew the engine up within like a year because I was racing it. Um, but I wanted to have money for myself and to be able to do things that I wanted to do. And, uh, I was able to do that. And, uh, and I bought her a car when I could and I was just, yeah, you did. Huh? Yeah. How old are you when you bought your mom a car? Mm, probably like 19 or 20. I Dang think. dude. Yeah. 
when your dad left, did you like grow up overnight? No, I think it'd been a, uh, a process of, I didn't, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I really grew up that much after he left. I was, um, I did, you know, have a job though. And I was trying to do as much as I could for our household. Um, but my mom was always very, uh, she made sure that she was there to like, kind of keep me safe and kind of guide me. Do you think that's what kept you from just <clears throat> becoming a punk, like having a mom who worked full time and you just like, all right, I guess I can do whatever I want now. Cause you could go either way that at that point. Right. Yeah. It, was, be it a was a decision for sure that, uh, but you made that decision, right? What made you make that decision? Uh, honestly, I have brothers and uh sister who were screw ups and I didn't want to be, they like were them. older than you. Yeah. Yeah. So you watched them screw up. Right. Because you even had a niece who lived with you, right? Yep. I mean, you took care of her when she was little. Yeah. When she, uh, when, uh, cause my mom used to take care of her. And when my mom passed away, <laughs> Teresa and I took care of her, uh, for a little bit. And then, uh, she moved back with her dad. But, uh, I grew up when, when she died, I grew up a lot. When your mom died? Yeah. How old are you when she died? Oh man. I would have to defer to my wife on that. I think it's, I think I was like 24 or 23. Uh, so pretty young. That's tough. Yeah. And that's what, that's and what she's I, she's your family. Yeah, yeah. She is like, she's the only like real family. Like I kind of hang out with, uh, uh, but she, uh, yeah, when she passed away, it was like a real quick, quick grow up type type thing. But you were m- married already. No, I wasn't married. I'm, I got married, I think, the oh. the immediate following year. I so how'd you grow up? Like, what changed? Well, I, there's nobody, like, to, like, call. You're it. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You know, when you're, like, having issues and you're like, let me call my parents and be like, hey, what what, what do you think I should do? What type of guidance? Um, I did have, you know, Pastor Pastor Grant. He was, yeah. he was there. He kind of uh, did his thing in my life. But other than that, there was, like, no other, like, mentor or person that I could like really reach out to. So I had to figure it out on my own. Yeah. But it's benefits your family a ton. I mean, the decisions you've made to be an intentional man, you know, clearly you're a great dad and a, and a really great husband. Like I, I know I always tease you and Teresa cause you guys are so funny together. Like you should have a reality show just the way you guys banter back and forth. It's, it's hilarious. But you, like when I think, if I think of all my friends who love their wives, like you really love your wife. Like you, you, you can tell, like you guys joke a lot, but that you, you banter, but that you cherish her and like you are here to serve her. Like that's the view that I get. Right. Yeah. Why is that? Why do you have such a desire to like serve your wife? Um, I mean, I think that that's what marriage is supposed to be. I think, uh, but who taught you that? Like, where'd you see that? I mean, clearly, I mean, you said earlier before we did this, that your mom and dad were kind of off and on all growing up right, and then yeah. your dad left at 16 and you've never talked to him since then. Right. So it's not like you, did you see somebody else that you were like, that's a marriage that I want to have? Um, honestly, I think it's just like the biblical view of marriage. And I think I've always like taken that to heart that it could be, it's possible. Right. And that, um, you know, people always talk about, uh, like in the Bible says that like the man's the head of the house and the wife needs to obey him and things like that. And I think that that's a really a messed up view of what, what it's really saying. It's saying, um, you know, there is a head of the house, but you serve each other and it's, you know, like God's the head of the church. Uh, but he is, he doesn't there just to rule over us and like be this jerk. He is, he's serving us and he's always there and making sure that we have everything that we need and, um, providing those. So things. you're saying that's your role here. Yeah. Cause like when you say we serve each other, who does it start with? Do you think? Well, I think, I mean, I think I, I, it's my job to serve Teresa and in, in that, then she, you know, serves me and then, that creates a, a bond and a unity that yeah. helps us lead this household together. Yeah, dude, that's like the greatest gift I think you can give your kids too. And funny, you know, your son, right? Four. And then when you, uh, I remember called me to say that you're, you're having another 
And then I was like, you're going to have a girl more yeah. just to screw with you. Um, cause you're like, no way, you know? Um, but I guess I just wanted you to go through that torment as well of having to deal with having a daughter. And then you hit me up. I remember I was standing in my backyard and you and Teresa called me after, I don't know if it was right after, but it was close to the, when you guys had found out. And, we actually uh, told like a ton of people before. We no, that's you, fine. So I, I was, I was number 100. <laughs> 101 actually. I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, I, I'm still on that list. Everyone who didn't yeah. answer. <laughs> I think we, well, Sarah was high on the list and then we were like, oh, I guess we didn't get a hold of her. So we should call Matt at some point. There you go. So she doesn't like tell me three days later. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so now you have a daughter and does some of all that stuff that is important to you become even more real? Yeah. I mean, she's six months old. Right. You know, but even you and I were just playing on the floor with the kids before we started doing this. And, uh, I was holding her and we're like, dude, you're, you're responsible for this girl. Right. Yeah. This human, like the, her perception of what a man is, is all happening right now. Right. Exactly. What do you think about that? I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy, I think. And I don't think that fathers necessarily always realize the weight of that responsibility and they're just you know they check in sometimes and they're not they're not necessarily always there and i i know a lot of dads who don't realize the importance uh that they play in their kids lives and just um like with my son like he'll repeat me he'll just copy me and like all that stuff everything that you do is translating into their lives and it's so so important and i um i think a lot of dads miss that you know the dads that are like and i know you do what you got to do and sometimes you got to work 14 15 hour days but you know when you get that chance like it's it's super important to be to be present why do you think why do you think so many dudes miss it why do you think it is they maybe they missed it from their father yeah but it sounds like well you said that your dad was great. Like you and him were tight when you were a kid. Yeah. When I was like really young and we, we separated, uh, we started like growing apart uh, as I got older. Cause he was very traditional in some of his points of view and, uh, like culturally, culturally. Yeah. And, uh, I started going, you know, a different way and we could never meet, uh, eye to eye. And I think that happens a lot as kids get older. But I think a lot of times you have that opportunity to kind of mend it. So um, who who do you think, if you think back to this, which is maybe, I don't know, hard to say or not, but whose responsibility was it to ma- maintain that relationship? Oh, his, his responsibility. Yeah. It sucks. Right. But then that means it's you and me's responsibility. Like if our kids are growing or changing, it's like how much are we willing to let go of and this could be rabbit hole, but how much are we willing to let go of to like keep that relationship with our kids? You know, cause you yeah. think about, okay, traditionally, you know, these certain things are important to him. Like you said earlier, you were saying right, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're home at seven right. and we have dinner as a family and it might be like this big dinner and you hang out and you just, that's what you do. Right. But you're like, no, I want to hang out with my friends or whatever. Right. So it's like, how much of that do you let go of? to maintain the relationship because it's tough. Like there's things that you and I hold valuable. Right. But at some point, some of those things we instill in our kids and then some of them we let go of. Right. We didn't, I think we need to learn to be flexible because like in the, in the case of my dad, uh, I think like a lot of times uh, when dads are raising their children and there's an issue, you know, dads I think are the ones that kind of hold on to things more often. And there's always time to fix it, but there's not really, you know, always time. So Mm. instead of, you know, kind of harboring that stuff and just like letting it fester, like just like if you have a problem with your kid and your kid has a problem with you, you got to fix that and just get it, get it fixed, move on. on. You don't, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen if you're, someone's going to die in a car crash or me have a heart attack. Like can't like hold on to that stuff. And I think that my dad did and I was just a punk, you know kid so he was the adult and he should have like mended it at the time but he didn't and uh i haven't talked to him since yeah but now how are you gonna be flexible with your own kids 
probably not. And I'm just going to make them do what, you know, <laughs> what I want. And they can't leave the house until they agree with no. Um, I don't know. I think that's a, it's a situational response to the situation. And, uh, I will, I hope that I make the right decisions. Um, when those times come where, you know, there's kind of a fork in the road, uh, that I make the, you know, the right call and I'm the, the best father I can be in those, those types of situations. Yeah. But you can't really like, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to What every situation is different. Your response to each situation is going to be different. Um, and you just gotta, you just gotta, I think, try to lead, let your love for them lead you. Hmm. So I like that. So let your love be more the guide than the things that you might hold as super important. Right. Because if we go back to like the biblical point of view, um, God would probably just like strike us all down because if it was based on the values that were important, because we're screwing up constantly because you know, he says, this is what I hold important and you're screwing up. So you're done. But he, he guides, he guides his response and his uh, actions with love. And I think, that's the example that was been set for us. So having grace, so like he has a lot of grace for us. So we should have grace for our kids and as mercy. they grow. Why is okay? Why is that word important to you? Uh, mercy is important because I feel like that's that's what um, we don't deserve it. That's when we've like literally like you know spit in his face and we don't deserve to be treated well and he still does. So how do you have mercy with your kids? Uh, I think mercy, you have more than grace with your kids because your kids are half the time, not, not saying thank you. They don't care mm. what you're doing. They don't understand what you're doing, but you're just like, well, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna be there. I'm still gonna love them. Um, you know, uh, when you're, when your son's sitting there throwing a tantrum and you know, you got to like understand and have some mercy and he, he deserves, sometimes they deserve like punishment and sometimes, you know, it's just a hug. Yeah. It, it varies. Hmm. Okay. So I'm, uh, a few more questions, but you said something that I, I'm going to ask this first before we get into the like, kind of like two questions I like to ask <laughs> when we were driving this morning to go surfing, uh, we were talking about arguing with our wives mm. <laughs> and, uh, and we weren't talking about it in a negative way. Like, complaining or anything we're just talking about it and so are you only saying that because they might be listening no that's okay okay. i've already i'm sure i've already offended my wife by things i've said yeah Uh, but she has a lot of grace for me and mercy for sure for sure (laughs) okay so we were talking about okay when you're when you're arguing with your wife or she's upset or you're upset and you made some comments about um not holding like like being able to say, Hey, I'm really mad right now. I'm really upset. But then after a little while being able to go, Hey, I'm still upset, but like, I want to have a good day with you right? instead of something that you saw your dad do. Right. My, uh, my mom and dad with, they, they got in a fighter or an argument. Um, my dad would just like shut my mom out for a couple days. And, uh, I, just growing up that was like pretty terrible to see because I feel like life is so short for us not to try to live it and be happy um that when we get in a fight me and me and Teresa that it's just like let's move on and it gets her mad sometimes because she's like no because <laughs> I will I'll get upset I'll walk out of the room kind of cool off for like 15 20 minutes come back and try to be like all right let's move on and she's like no not yet and, uh, but I mean, she, she's, she's gotten better uh, at it because she, and I hope she's not going to listen to this. She can sometimes hold on to something a little bit longer. Um, but we, uh, we're kind of meeting on common ground. And, um, so when you, when you say, let's move on, are you just burying it or are you like actually kind of letting it go? Well, and I, you know, when we talked about earlier, there's sometimes it's burying stuff and which is the unhealthy stuff. Right. Uh, But a lot of times I just try to move on and it is what it is. And you said this or this happened, this situation happened. Let's just get past it. It's, it's over. It's done with. Yeah. Let's get on with it with our day. How did it make you feel as a kid when you saw your dad just shun your mom? Like, was it just so awkward in the house the whole time or what? It was awkward and I felt bad for her and I, you know, it was sad. 
So I just didn't like, I mean, like I said, life is too short. You know, God has given us a finite number of days on this earth. And, uh, you know, the whole purpose of our existence is not to be on this earth. It's to be with him in heaven. And, uh, but like, we still need to take advantage and do the best that we can while we're here. And it's some, some people it's shorter amount of time. Some people it's longer amount of time. We don't know. So why, why waste it? Yeah. Yeah. It's tough though. Cause it's like, we can hold a grudge, man. We can get mad. We could let things just fester. You know, I think when we do that too, it's like, you're slowly putting these barriers in. And I think a lot of times that's probably how divorces happen is it's like a, all these little things that you just hold on to. Right. And then they just build up and you just get fed up with it. Yeah. And then you, you know, it, it all, it's a small issue. Then it's a little bit of a bigger issue. And then finally it's an issue that you just can't come back from because you never dealt with it. Right. Um, all right. So one question I like to ask everybody is as you become a father, especially not an older father, but like you, like most people are waiting until their thirties. It seems like what's been some of the best resources to you as you've been like, all right, let's navigate this together. Like in fatherhood. Yeah. in fatherhood. Uh, well, I feel pretty, pretty lame saying this, but you like, I was really teeing you up for that I know, one. <laughs> I know you were like, please save me, please save me, please save me. I mean, you're the only other person my age with like, you have like five kids. Something so, like that. So that's like, uh, and then you and Josh, both Josh has got four now. And, yep. uh, you guys were, you guys got married before me. And then you had kids before me, so I got to like watch what you guys kind of did and how you did it wrong and make it better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could set you up for success. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's cool how, you know, it's one of those things. I wonder if it was easier when like people lived in a village and they really saw the ins and outs of the families before them. Right. Whereas now unless you have somewhat of an intimate relationship with another couple where there's transparency and it's not just let me show you the rad photos from Disneyland and not like the half the time my kids were crying or complaining or whatever. Um, but to have friends and those who are like kind of who pioneer before you to be able to look, um, you know, cause I've got the families who, you know, one of my, it's funny. He probably won't even know it, but, uh, this guy, Lewis, who, you know, he's got four kids that are older, five, five now. And, um, just some of the wisdom I get to see, you know, how he did it. And, you know, some of the things, honestly, that I, even at a certain ages, I'm like, why does he do it like that? Right. I wouldn't do it that, that way. And then now that I'm here with kids that age, I'm like, oh, okay. I get now why he's not pushing them to like do this or that, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Having people ahead because that's the weirdest thing is we have these babies and it's the one part of life where it really doesn't feel like we know what we're supposed to. There's like not a manual or whatever. They give give you the baby and you like go home and you're like, cool. How was that? So when you, when you had your, for your son, how was that when they sent you home? They sent us home and Teresa went straight to sleep when we got home and, uh, he was, I put him in like his little swing, which he was way too small for. Uh, and he was just like tiny in it and just rocking back and forth. And I was like looking at him like, Oh shit. <laughs> Did, <laughs> this okay. is real. You, what was your biggest fears? Like I had one. What was yours when you brought your kid home and you're this new dad and there's this new human in your house? What was like one that of the fears? He was going to die every night when he was sleeping. So what would you do? Dude, I would like, hover over him like trying to feel like to see if there was air coming out of him. Would you put like your ear down to his mouth? Yeah. 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 I woke him up a couple times. Because you just want to make sure he's alive. Yeah. And Teresa would get pissed. (laughs) But you're like laying in bed thinking about this, right? I'm like, he's dead. I haven't heard him. (laughs) He hasn't moved. And then I would poke him and then he would start crying. (laughs) And then Teresa would have to wake up and then... uh, She'd feed him and you'd go back to sleep in peace because your kid's alive. He's alive, so good (laughs) night. Dude, I did the same thing with Brooklyn. I would just be laying in bed and I'd just be convinced like she died in there. Yeah. And I'd go in and I'd put my ear down and that's like, no, I don't hear anything. And then I'd, you know, put my hand. Okay. There's the breath or, or put my hand on her chest. Right, feel. Yeah. So funny. And then what's okay. So you now your second kid is six months old here at the house. Have you done that once? No, no, no. 
the second kid's I don't want to say easier because it depends like feeding and sleeping all that might be different but as far as the okay we can we can yeah, every, hold this kid it's going to be okay yeah it's going to be okay the kid's not going to break yeah that's so funny yeah and then as it keeps going on you, you learn like, that they like bounce off the floor and fall <laughs> just, they'll be fine just kidding <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so any other resources to you? So it's more looking to others. Right. Did you read any books or anything like that before you had a kid? No, I'm not, a, not one of those guys. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right, so fatherhood field notes. You're a young dad, young to being a dad. And uh, so you have, you know, some years of, A, what it was like going with your, you know, growing up as a son to a father, and now you're a father to kids. So we open up our field notes and go, okay, we're sharing. But the core of this is rebel and create. That's like my personal mantra, rebel and create, and it can be applied to so many things. But at its kind of essential, what it meant to me was to rebel against really what I felt like I thought I should be, what I thought the world thought I should be, and even what the church thought I should be. And out of that, create the man that I really feel like I was designed to be. Not just the man, but like fatherhood. Because to me, fatherhood isn't just about being a dad. It's it's your home, the stability you create in your home. It's your wife, your spouse. It's your kids. It's friends, brothers, people that you're having a relationship with, and then the community. So what is something that you have found yourself rebelling against, and what do you hope to create out of that? <clears throat> um, I think uh, the idea that dads don't matter. I think that's pretty common theme in our society lately um we see see that like and no disrespect to moms and you guys do amazing job out there but like the way that mother's day is talked about and like father's day is kind of just like meh it just i think shows that like people feel like fathers aren't really that that essential to the family uh unit and what's funny is like Okay, when I asked you that question before we started recording, I thought you were going to talk about how you're not on social media as much. And I don't think, I know, I know you're not saying that statement because of Rebel and Create and because we know each other. Like, I know that matters to you, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't expecting you to say that. But I know that your whole life, like, you're very... um, you're very aware of what's happening around. I mean, you pay attention to politics, you pay attention to news, you pay attention to your neighborhood, you know, where you live, what's safe, all those kinds of things. Um, why is it, does it even matter to you what people think about fatherhood? Well, I think that, um, I mean, I think that this, this idea that, that we don't matter, it's causing not not only for myself or but for a lot of other fathers it's causing kind of this this um it's it's messing up what we what we do because they they're telling us that it's this is what who we are this is what we are uh this is how fathers are and um it doesn't really like allow us the the opportunity to maybe do something different because we're already in our heads of what we're supposed to be. Do you think we earned it? Do you think that we were jackasses and earned that it doesn't matter? I just, I just think that the, the generations before us didn't know. Didn't know that it mattered. Didn't know that it mattered. Hmm. I think that their dads didn't know. And then their dads didn't know. And I mean, we also, it was a much different era, you know, it was, yeah, yeah, you had to be tough. You might get shipped off to war, you know, this type of stuff. And we didn't, things are a lot more luxurious now for, for families and for, yeah. we have the, uh, you know, the, we can start thinking about futures and things like that. Whereas before it was like, you know, it was much harder. And so I don't blame them for that. Um, but I mean, we have to, we have to break out of that at some point. And, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, we were talking like the, you know, the Homer Simpsons and the, Al Bundy's and like dads like that. Like I think that our society has made us feel like that's what dads are or the dad that kind of comes home from work, checks in really quick and then goes and sits, sits in front of the TV with a a beer and just kind of lets the kids play and doesn't do anything. Yeah. Which I think is okay to do sometimes. No, I mean, yeah, because we all need our time, but like that shouldn't be what your that's not the, life is. Th- yeah, that's not what your life is. That's not what you're known for. Right. 
You're and known for being engaged with your kids. So then the society, you know, you, you see it on TV, you see it on uh, all types of stuff where the the moms are like nervous to leave the kids home with dad because dad might burn the house down. It's like where we've, we've been painted just to be like fools. Like we, we can't take care of the kids. We can't take care of any, anything in the house. And we're just idiots and morons who basically go to work and make, make some money and then come home and we're, we're how do we, incapable of doing that stuff. How do we break that kind of cultural expectation? I mean, I think that's what you're doing with this whole thing is you're trying to break it. And the only thing that I can do is to try to be the best husband and the best father that I can be. Um, and hopefully other people notice. Right. And it makes them understand like maybe, you know, maybe I, I should look at how I'm not that I'm perfect because I look at other people. How can I be better? But maybe I can uh, be some sort of ex- positive example for, yeah. for a new father, too. Yeah, I think it's um, like you just said, I'm not perfect. I think that's one of the biggest areas that we screw up. Is I like mean, you're, not, per- you're perfect because no, you're not, Ned. No, Ned Shout. ask my wife. I'm not. Ask my kids. I'm not. Uh, the vulnerability piece, though. <laughs> Being vulnerable. Yeah. And, and actually showing like, dude, I almost left my kid at school or I yelled at my wife or I was cold to her for a day because I right. was pissed. Like Those are all things that have happened in my own life in the last three months. Right. And um, I think a big part of it, too, is uh, dads being open to like listening to other dads and not being arrogant. Like, I know how to do this and I don't need your help and I don't care how you father or what you do. I don't need that in my life. I'll do it how I do it. Like, I think that's, that's important for, for us just to be open to each other and open to, you know, how other people do things. Um, because I mean, without, like you were saying, when there used to be these communities where, you know, these families would live together and right. they would show each other the, the, the ropes and this is how you do this. This is no one was like, F you, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it my own way. Right. Um, which I do think like we should have grace for each other that if you want to, you want to spank your kid, but you don't like fine. You, you, each of you thought about it and you're intentional. Right. We get on these like kicks. We're like, well, that's wrong. And that's not how you should do it. And this and this and that, and my way is the right way. Well, I mean, there are some values that I think are important. Um, okay, so, you know, in thinking about your rebelling against that, really the whole idea around fatherhood and fatherhood matters, um, and I think you talked a little bit about it, but maybe just kind of define it as, like, what do you hope to create out of that? Like, you know, say we weren't doing this podcast. Say we weren't, you know, putting stuff out there, like trying to talk about it. Why does it matter for you to rebel against that just here in your own house? Uh, I just, cause I want, I want to matter here. You want to matter. Here. I want to matter here to my kids and to my wife. And not just be the guy who, who goes to work and brings home money. Right. My wife makes money too, but I, I you know I contribute. So I, I want to, I don't want to be just a, a contributor. I want to like financially, I want to contribute me myself to the family. You know, my my wife, she's like here all day long with the kids. She's probably ingrained in their lives more than I can ever imagine. And uh, I don't get that opportunity because I'm not in the house. But when I am here, I should take advantage of that opportunity. Because it, cause we matter as fathers. Um, I've seen a lot of... <sighs> I think a lot of the issues that we have in our society with with children, behavioral issues and things like that are from the lack of a, a father presence. Yeah, man, um, for sure. And I think I think it's just huge. Um, it just it matters. The kids look up to us so much. And whether I'm just like taking a piss and my son will come in and he'll be like, oh, I want to pee too. Like and then like if I spit, he'll spit. If you know, if I blow my nose, he'll blow his nose. And it's just. I mean, they're just emulating us so much and everything we do matters. And, uh, we keep, we keep getting told that we, you know, we don't really matter. It's moms are moms are the only thing that matter. And you guys are important. Yes, moms, but 
dads are important too. Yeah. Important part of the household. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we, it's so true. I mean, culturally we just don't necessarily think that, but if you look around, there are a ton of really good dads. There are a ton, but it's not this thing that we're talking about and globally going fatherhood is important and it matters, you know, how I act with my family. I think for me, like knowing that I have impact is super important. And for you, when you have a four year old and a six month old, it's like the fact that you understand that now versus I think a lot of people maybe figure it out in their mid fifties and it's not too late. You could still like do a great job, but you're going to have to do a lot of like probably fixing of things. Whereas right now you have your daughter who you already know what you want her to see in a man. And so you're going to start acting like that way for her. Right. There's things like I'll do or, or I'll want to do and I'll go, do I, do I want my son dealing with this? Do I want my son to have to do this? Or so I'm like, if I don't want him to do this, I probably shouldn't be doing it. Um, all right. There's those things. I mean, like, uh, Teresa, like I, we, we, I mean, we say some stuff to each other, uh, probably like R rated stuff and, you know, whether it's intimate stuff or whatever, but like my, you know, if my son hears that stuff, it's like, like, do I want him to be aware of this stuff? And like, I gotta, I gotta be a good example. You gotta be aware. Yeah. It's good though. It's like, if we wake up aware, like that's the thing I like about fatherhood and I like really what I like about fatherhood. One, it's a level playing field because it's like, it doesn't matter what my job is or who I am or anything. Like we all have this opportunity to give life throughout our life with these kids. Um, and the other thing that it was kind of making me think about was, uh, I think a lot of us kind of feel like our job is supposed to define us. Like when we meet as men, a lot of times we'll say, what do you do? Hold on. I read this book and, um, it was uh, talking about how men meet each other, and they're like, "What do you do?" I think it was a book. It was called uh, um, "Like Rebel and Create." Punch you in the face. I remember. That. I remember <laughs> I read that somewhere. Okay, so but yeah, it's true. And uh, I was I, I was like talking to somebody about that the other day. I was like, imagine if dudes just like, because you know, from the book, uh, if dudes just walked up to each other and been like, "Hey, you want to play?" <laughs> like just like kids do, you know, like that was that's like that's the, how we still yeah. Hey, do you want to play? Yeah, but now we, we define ourselves like, hey, what do you do? I want, next time you go to the bar, I want you to just try it out. Yeah, no, I've thought about so it. So like two in, you're like, hey, hey man, want to play? Or, hey, hey, you, <laughs> hey, you want to be my friend? Like, that's, that might, what, that's what kids do. Hey, want to be my friend would probably be okay. Like the, you, they think you're a total weirdo. Yeah, they would think you're But it would work sure. out. I mean, if you say, hey, do you want to play? That probably wouldn't go over well. Depending on depends, what city like, you were in, and then in like, what bar. Well, it depends. If they give you a weird look, be like, pool, do you want to play pool? <laughs> like, there's a pool table over there. But yeah, you're right. The uh, We define ourselves as how much we make, what kind of cars we drive. And uh, it's, it's super easy to get caught up in that, though. Yeah, so, okay. But the thing, what I was thinking is, uh, we don't have to let our job define us. No. I think that our home we can find that desire that we get from our, we typically have gotten from our jobs of like feeling like we matter. Like you're saying we could actually find that in our home through the way we serve our family. Because it's like, dude, all those people at work who I might not be working with all these people someday. And, and you know, I give them my best. I'm nicest to them. And then I come home and I'm rude to my wife or I don't have time for my kid. But if, Betty walks in my office and needs to jab my ear. <laughs> Wrong Betty. Uh, <laughs> your face. Um, wants to jab my ear off for 10 minutes about whatever. I'm like with a smile. Right. But sometimes my wife comes in and I'm just like, hurry up and tell me what you need. Like, I don't have time t- for this. Yeah, it's I got like, to move on to my next thing. I hate that, man. But anyways, I think... You know, because the reality is like our world says, oh, you can be anything you want to be and what job would make you happy and stuff. And I think to some level that's cool. But at the end of the day, work is work. And if we weren't looking so hard for fulfillment in our job and we look for it in our home, we would find it. And I think that's I do think I try to like lead my life like that. Yeah. I'd rather people be like that dude's a great dad and husband 
over that dude kills it at work. Yeah, but what? Uh, how do we keep that though? Because the thing is, sometimes like we we work for say forty hours a week, right? Yeah. And so you're at work, and people are competitive. Maybe you know, like you and I are both in sales, right, so yeah. you're just kind of competitive. And it's and then you're at home for maybe let's say four hours a day versus eight hours at work, and so it's feeding this drive to like be matter at work right. less than you matter at home. But I do have to go work. So how do you keep that level? I'm asking you, how do you keep that level of like, I don't have to be number one at work and I'm going to go home and be number one at home. I just have never cared. But you and really? I, you and I are very different. You're more um, like you're always like you're like an entrepreneur. You're trying to find stuff. You're trying to do yeah. stuff. And I'm just I'm more content. And yeah. that's not, I'm not saying that I'm better or worse. You know? It sounds a lot like you're saying it's better. <laughs> I mean, I am better than you, but like in this situation, it's a, uh, I mean, I'm very just cont- like, I'm okay. Content. And that's yet, something like, I'm working on a like, lot. I know. Yeah. yeah. You've been getting better over the past, uh, however many years I've known you. You used to be really bad, but you are getting better. Well, it's funny it's like, is even this morning we, we were driving. I, I stress out because you're like stress. You're, I wasn't I stressful like, this morning. I know, no. but I still stress out. <laughs> We were going surfing and, and we usually we get there like as the sun's coming up yeah. and Jose accidentally didn't go in the carpool lane and went in the other lane. It took us like another 25 minutes and that's Jose's ringtone. So now you could, we should talk about masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fake. <laughs> um. Anyways. Yes, I wasn't stressed. I was just stoked to hang out and go surf. So, but, but yeah, I'm more content. Just like I can just sit down and watch TV, whereas you're like you need to be doing something, and um, that's good because you get stuff done. And I probably should probably be yeah, but you probably enjoy the day more. I do, I do, I do enjoy my day more than you enjoy your day for sure. <laughs> I'm, work, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. I am getting better though. But hey, this isn't about me, okay? No. Nope. Can you please? It's about fathers. Quit, quit turning, father, the, yeah. turning the table on me. Okay, so fatherhood. We talked about, let's see, a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, okay, let's let's ask this final question. You're here really at the beginning, right? You have little kids when when and you have a son and a daughter. So when each of them are leaving your household... First question is, what is one thing that you want to be important to both of them? Um, to be good people. We'll be more specific. To be good people, like just treat people well, do the things you do well. Just don't like, don't give people a reason to, to like be not, to not like you because you're a shitty individual they don't want to like you because of you know their own preference is fine but you be good to them you mm. be good to people um we have enough like assholes in this world and i think i just want to raise good people and i, like I, know, I know that's pretty broad but it's like you know don't just don't don't be an asshole to people so how do you teach that you got 18 years to teach them both right case in 16 right so isn't that crazy like now you have 16 with him let's just say you know 18 years old is you get your cut off right um to not be an a-hole um i just think trying to like be and i'm an a-hole like i can be an a-hole so i like when i'm driving especially so it's like uh to for me to try to lead by example and to 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 care about people and to um, to not be an ass to people do myself. Do you think it's important, though? So this is good. Do you think it's important for your kids to know, based on you being a real dude around them, uh-huh. that they're capable of being an asshole? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell them, like, you have two choices. You can be an asshole or you can be, like, a cool person. And the but, hope and, is that you're this more of the time than you're that. Right, yeah. And to know the difference, right? They, I guess. They, you got to know the difference, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, and I think that that is a great answer because it really just breaks it down to that is just you have, you know, take the 18 and 14 years, divide, you know, times it by 365. You have that many days 
to do that. So like you said, even with Teresa, like your point of view about fighting with your spouse, like I have today and so I'm going to use today and, and I'm content with it. Gosh, man, you make it sound simple is, is like, just show up and do your best today right? Yeah. and teach it to your kids. So it's not even this, I really want to take my kid to travel the world or whatever, which is cool. Like that's right. rad. It's the day in and day out, eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner, going to school, driving here, there, grocery store, all those little, all the in-between stuff. Right matters how and, you show up and for me it's a little bit more simple like for than it is for you probably because it's a lot easier right now to sh- make my kid uh to do those little things that matter right because for a four-year-old something that matters is maybe like going outside and kicking some rocks and that that's huge that's his day he'll talk about that for four days like oh, i remember <laughs> we we're kicking rocks and you you have like teenagers now so it's like you got. Remember you got, when we went surfing last weekend at yeah, the beach? Yeah, you got to do like a little bit bigger stuff. But yeah, those, what's it's funny all those though little things. is I would actually say like if you probably asked my oldest kid about her best interactions with me the last couple of months, uh-huh. she might say surfing a couple weeks ago, but she would probably say like some goofy texts that I've sent her right. when she's in class, or like the Marco Polo, you know, I'll send her some stuff, or driving to her, driving her to school once a week. Right. And that is something that it doesn't matter how much you make or how much time you have. You could do those things. Like sometimes I go simply, how do you eat breakfast together? How do you wake your kid up? How do you go to bed at night? Like things that are five to 15 minutes could be the most intentional things that your family remembers right. forever. And it's just being present. Yeah, like, it's just like you, present. Like you're, you're texting that's being present in their lives when they're not there or when you're not there. Yeah. So you're just, and you know, you do that with your, with your wife too. Hopefully I'm sure you do. You probably send her like some cute, like emojis and things like that. Winky faces. Mainly me flexing. Uh, that's, that's, I feel bad for her then. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw you without, I saw you without a shirt this morning. It was, I feel bad. I Sorry, take Sarah. my I take my face off and I put it on Mark Wahlberg's body, <laughs> and then I send that. Uh, that's a good. That's a good body. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear that ringtone again. Play it. <laughs> Speaking of masculinity, uh, yeah, but it be, being present—that's the—that's the biggest thing, and it can be simple and small, and yeah. just uh, hey, thinking of you. Text. Um. See, this is okay. I'm going to ask you one last thing, but what I love about the fatherhood podcast that we're talking about, right? is you and I are really just regular dads. We're just, what we're I'm just s- cool dads. I'm sure. Remember. We're cool dads. <laughs> my kids wouldn't say that. They said I dress like a dad, which just, really hurt my feelings. But I was, I was thinking of the little, uh, the, from mean girls. I don't know if you've seen mean girls. That's one of my favorites. That's such a good movie. <laughs> I hate that. I like it so much. I'm not like a regular mom. We're not like regular dads. We're cool dads. <laughs> No, but it's like, and and I would love to have, you know, ugh, sounds stupid, but, you know, interview Adam Sandler. Like, he would be mm-hmm. one of that would be on my bucket list of, like, I've just grown up loving that guy. Right. And that'd be cool. But at the end of the day, even though um, he's in the limelight or, you know, people might not think that, but I do, right? He still deals with the same stuff you and I do and go, okay, at the end of the day, I come home from work. And so we're just dudes living our lives trying to bring stability and, and contentment to our families. And so I love that. It's not like nobody knows who we are, right. <laughs> you know, but what we're doing, I think every dad, no matter who you are, would love to try to f- master the craft of fatherhood. Last question. Is there anything that you want your son to know when he moves out and that you want your daughter to know? So you want, don't want them to be shitty people, but is there anything specific that you want your son to know and anything specific you want your daughter to know? I want my son to know how to treat women and I want my, so, okay. In that what's, what's, what is something that he'd go? This is how you treat women to be respectful to, um, like when he had, when he does have a girlfriend, I want him to treat her how I treat his mom and not be an asshole to her. It's like kind of the opposite of our, tendency sometimes maybe right yeah or maybe that's just because that's what we're shown and for for her 
I want her to know how, you know, a man is supposed to treat a woman. Which is also points back to you and how you treat your wife. Exactly, yeah. Which I bet if if every dude was really sat down, right, you have your kids and you're right. sat down, that's what you would want. We all want that. But then it comes back to you. It comes back to the dad. Right. And, you know, like you said, society's saying dad doesn't matter, but that matters a whole lot. Right. But if you look around, look at how many men are disrespectful to women. Right. And how many women don't really know how to be treated by a man. Right. And it points back to that dude who didn't decide, like, for whatever reason, you decided, right. I want to be this guy, even though it might not have been played out for you perfectly. Right. You said you said it earlier. You have four hours when you're home. How did you use those four hours every day? What did you use them on? And I think sometimes his dad's like, dude, it's not too late. Just go be intentional. Even if your family's like, what? What are you doing? This doesn't right, make yeah. sense. This isn't you. Keep putting that time in. Keep right. serving, dying to yourself, even if they make you feel like an ass because, you know, you're trying and they don't get it. Right. They will. I really think that they will get it if you keep responding and acting and showing up. Yeah. It's going to do nothing but good. Yeah. As long as as long as long you're there and you're being, you know, you're putting in your time and you're uh, showing that with those four hours you want to spend it with them and not just checked out because you're tired because you busted your ass all day long yeah and something i keep coming back to is don't spend all your energy up before you get home right, right. like we have, you know by the time it's eight thirty nine, dude i'm just done sometimes but somehow figure out like don't give all your best energy from nine to five save some of that till you get home because work will be there again tomorrow. Yeah. F- kids won't be. Yeah, one day they'll be out. One day they'll be out. Dude, Jose, man, I I love how much you care about your family. I love how much you really adore your wife. Well, I am a great husband and you father. You are a great husband so and father. Yes. I get to hang my hat on that. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell Jose... If I need a little bit of humble too, I just hit him up because he'll he'll tell me right on the phone. Like even one of my first podcasts, I forget what I was saying because I I would say he's like, "Welcome to your journey. I'm your tour guide or something like that." I was like, "You got to cut that out, man." Yeah, but just straight call me and say, "Yeah, the tour guide thing. Mm -mm, That sucks, dude." (laughs) We we all need that. We know. uh, We never you never get to call me and tell me that stuff because I know I'm pretty great. There's nothing I can find. Sometimes I'm like Teresa, tell me is there something wrong with this guy? Uh, Although you did you did take a jab at my weight earlier. I think you were you were talking about the lineup when and you're like, is it thin? Are you thin? I know. What what did you say? Well, here's the funny thing. There's a bunch of surfers out there, and I said it's thinned out out here. And you're the one who automatically went to me saying... No, I said, oh, did you say, did I thin out? And you, like, laughed at me. Like, <laughs> because no, you automatically no possible thought I was way. T- talking about your weight. Well, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, dude. There we go. Another awesome conversation around fatherhood. Man, some of the things that really stuck out to me uh, were... The stuff we talked about legacy at the end and the things that you and I are daily imparting to our kids is so critical to the humans that they are becoming. Uh, Talking about not missing our opportunities to be a dad and that dads matter, that your role in your house matters, your role in your children's life matter. Such good stuff. And I know that you listening, I know that you get it. I know that that's why you're here. You're here because you know that the call on your life to embrace the adventure of fatherhood is significant, but it can be tough. Sometimes we feel like we're alone. And my hope through these conversations is that you realize you're not alone. I know it's the end of the year. We just finished up Christmas time and starting to come up to 2020. It might even be 2020 as you're listening to this. Crazy that we're going to be writing that down now. But here we are, and we are doing a 31-day challenge for fatherhood. You can sign up at the Rebel and Create website. You can get the Legacy Journal if you want to journal uh, daily and get in tune intentionally. You do not have to do the journal. If you want to do the 31-day challenge, you can just sign up on the website where you will get a text message from me every day for the month of January 2020 with the challenge, uh, inspiration, encouragement to engage in the adventure of fatherhood. So check it 
out, that will be a good time. Imagine what our lives, our kids' lives will be like if we make fatherhood something that we are engaged in and very intentional about. But it's simple. I know we're busy, so I just thought simply get a text with a challenge a day, something that is attainable, something that we can do. So if you'd like to join, please do. You can even do so uh, if it's in the middle of January. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to the Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's continue to rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. And again, if you enjoyed this conversation, take a moment, like it, take a moment, review it. And if you found something helpful, share it with another dad and tell him what you liked. It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. Talk to you next time.